Katrina. Hi, how are you? I'm great. So today on Dental Elements Podcast, we have a great special guest, Katrina Klein. You guys probably have heard of her on all over social media and at events and as a speaker. I will let her introduce herself a little bit more since she knows more about herself than I do. <laughs> Thank you so much. I appreciate the invite. These are always so much fun um, to come on and talk to people and you know, talk about ergonomics and fitness and, and dentistry and how we can make things better for ourselves. But uh, So for myself, I am Katrina Klein. I am the CEO and founder of Ergo Fit Life. Um, I have a Facebook page, a Facebook group, an Instagram. You look up Ergo Fit Life, you're very likely to find me. Of course, I have a website and, and all that good stuff, too. Um, I'm a dental girl. I've been in dentistry since I was 19, started out in the front office. I worked for Delta Dental for five years until I got into hygiene school, and I've been in dental hygiene for 15 years. So I uh, still practice full-time. I know everyone's struggle in today's world. <laughs> um AC <laughs> after COVID. I know it's so, like the word. <laughs> I yeah, like so. Um, so I know what we go through, and I know the struggles. You know the physical impact that that we go through, and uh, thanks to a lot of physical uh, work that I've done myself through bodybuilding and uh, trail running and Spartan racing and all the things that I do physically as well as ergonomic training. I've been able to maintain a pain-free career, and I love to help other people get there, too, because there's no reason why we have to end up in disability or in pain at the end of the day. It's just, it's a tragedy. So my goal is to save one body at a time <laughs> when I'm not in the operatory by helping us to uh, relieve pain or prevent pain in the first place. And then, of course, when I'm here, so I'm always saving one mouth at a time. So that's me. Just a little that's bit. Oh, just, just saving the, just saving bodies and mouths. Nothing, nothing important, right? <laughs> saving careers. <laughs> saving careers. Putting the disability people out of business, you know. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Let's get back to that insurance. So, yeah, disability insurance. And you said you worked for Delta Dental? I did for about uh, five that, years. Yeah. Wow. It, was, it was actually a great experience for me. Um, I, I learned a lot from it. They were the first to introduce me to ergonomics training, actually. Oh. I got my first intro to what an ergonomics assessment looks like, um, how it's done. I got to pick the brains of the person doing it. So it was really, it was enlightening to me because I was able to take something that I was taught there and apply it to dentistry. Mm -hmm. Although when I got my ergonomics certification, I asked, flat out but what do you do about dental people because so many of the examples that they gave us were not transferable the principles didn't apply to us because our workspace is so different and I was told flat out we don't we don't deal with dental people because they don't listen and I stood right up and I said well I'm going to change that and uh, now that company that I was certified through has a dental uh, dental ergonomic training course so now you're changing it good Yes, I love it. And we, yeah, we need that for sure. And then going from an insurance company to the operatory, that's kind of what I did too. I worked up front with dental insurance. It's not for an insurance company, but you learn so much. And then you go to the back as a provider and it's like kind of all goes, you know, goes together and it's interesting. Absolutely. That's a good. Well, I think too that especially when I go do ergonomics assessments for office teams, the front desk uh, staff has 
their own set of individual problems that they're dealing with as far as ergonomics are concerned. So I have the experience of doing front desk. Um, I mean, I did front desk in general for, for four years, five years. So I, and I did insurance. I did schedule it. I did have the phone. I understand what that feels like and the, the tax that it takes on your body at the end of the day. So it's, it's fun because I get to give feedback on something that I have done. And I think that that lends to my credibility. And then when I go and I speak in public, I can also say, okay, so for you assistants in the room, although I've never been an assistant, um, I have assisted many times. Mm-hmm. And most of the offices that I work at, we are oftentimes cross-trained. We get to jump in sometimes and, and help do different things. So having that across-the-board experience has lended uh, a really good benefit to, to me starting this company and helping people. So. I love it. <laughs> yeah, for sure, because you can understand that there need everybody needs help ergonomically in the dental everywhere, but in the dental office, it's not yeah, just we're all in pain. Right. We're right. all in pain. We go home and we drink wine and pop Advil because we have to. <laughs> yes. And take hot baths with Epsom salt and cry right. until the next week. And that it shouldn't be that it doesn't have to be that way. And so we it have here to help people prevent that from happening. Do, so you speak, um, I know you speak um, in conferences all over, and then do you also, you go into practices at all? I do, there? yeah. So I speak for dental teams. I'll go in um, like on a lunch hour or on a Friday. Um, you know, a lot of the times doctors will have me come for um, staff development days. Uh-oh, there's my dog. I'm sorry. <laughs> that would be Charlie. Um, so he goes, they'll, they'll have me in for staff development days and things like that. And, um, and team building, um, a lot of the times the doctors will, will gift, you know, something like this to their staff and, and they want to see them improve. And, and because everyone's complaining of pain all the time. Mm-hmm. And so I'll go in and I'll do, you know, I'll, I'll give my lecture and I'll even you know, go through stretches and all the things that I do with people and. Oftentimes, they'll want me to do assessments for them right there on the spot because the, the truth is none of us are the same. You know, our bodies are shaped and sized differently. Our operatories are shaped and sized differently. Some of us are left and right-handed. So there's the basic things that you simply can't get around um, that there has to be a workaround for. And that's, that's what I do. So it's, it is really exciting to get to, to go to dental offices and, and put together programs for, for all the teams. Right. And then the operatories, because they are so different. Sometimes they're so small, we get so much more equipment and so much more technology, which is great, amazing. But then we're like, we're cramped into tighter spaces too and trying to work around our equipment. And so right. we to go in there and help show different ways of moving things where possible or adjusting the chair. Sometimes it's just a matter of moving the chair over, you know, slightly tilted. Right. Yeah, I mean, the first thing that I do is I will, you know, talk to somebody about how they're sitting. I'll make sure that they're sitting correctly in their stool or their chair to the best of that room's capacity and their body. So if their equipment is limited, that makes it more difficult. But if I can get them in the most optimal place, that's going to help them. You know, and then we work on the room setup, you know, how the chair is positioned in the room. Can they get to 12 o'clock? Um, if they can't, can we swivel the chair? Things like that. Can we move the chair towards the window or the wall by the foot of the chair, patient chair? So there are things like that that we can do that are very simple, easy moves that there's no equipment 
you know, purchasing required. Uh, we look at, you know, where are the keyboards? Where are the counters? Where is there a way to make this easier? Do you have carpet in the operatory, which it's not proper anymore. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if so, please go to Office Max and get yourself a map. <laughs> right. You know, basic stuff like that. Um, so, you know, there's there's that. And then I will actually work with them one-on-one -on -one as they're treating patients, real-life patients. Then the production is lost. You know, patients still get seen. And I can cue them. Move your hands this way. Move their head that way. But, you know, lay them back this way. Adjust the headrest like that. And all of that one-on-one -on -one coaching that we never got in school, because, you know, in hygiene school, they give us like five seconds of ergonomics training. And in dental school, I'm told it's like two weeks, maybe, um, that they even, if you're in a good program, that they that they can address some of it. So it's just, it's just not enough because it's such a crucial part of what we do and of the ability to maintain a career for a long time. Right. Yeah. School, you learn so much, which is great that you need to know, but there's only so much time and only so much they can teach you. So it's up to you, up to us as professionals to finish that training and add to right. it and take courses and hire people like you, hire coaches for ergonomics and, and other things and finish your own education on the right. job in real life because that adds a lot to your career. Absolutely. You know, they say that going through school gives you just enough, just enough knowledge to not be dangerous, right? Yeah. And yeah. that's why we have to go and continue our CE and continue, you know, we have to continue learning because, first of all, like, like science, dentistry is evolving, mm -hmm. you know, and we learn more about our body positioning and we learn, we learn more about everything. And so what we learn in school is just enough to get you a basic knowledge of your craft. And then you get out and you perfect it with practice and mindfulness and knowledge and furthering things and talking to people. And that's, that's what I do. It's helping someone to give them the knowledge, give them some practical one-on-one -on -one experience, and then they get to go and be mindful about practicing that and honing that craft. I mean, you can't go in and do one implant and say, I'm a master. I'm the implant master, folks. I am the one. You can't That's do right. that. You got to do it a few times. Right. Right. Yeah. So in school, quiet. we learn how not to hurt others. And so yeah. afterwards, we have to learn how not to hurt ourselves because we're so <laughs> focused on not hurting others. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. So what's the, what's the, when people call you, is it after the vertigin pain or is it preventative or is it kind of both? Or when's the best time to have an assessment and have training? So those are two questions. The, the best time is, preventively, right? So we are, as a hygienist, I'm prevention-minded. Um, and I, I consider everyone in dentistry to be a prevention specialist. Whether you're a dentist or you're a hygienist or you're a assistant or whatnot, we should all really be prevention specialists. But thankfully, our doctors have been all to treat, right? So the best time to do any kind of, um, you know, any learn a skill that's going to prevent illness is going to be earlier. But unfortunately, because when we get out of school, we're so busy, um, learning to hone our craft, we oftentimes just think, okay, A, I got to pass my student loans. <laughs> so I'm going to work as hard as I can. And, you know, I'm 25 and I'm 10 feet tall and my body doesn't hurt right then, right? Uh -huh. So most of the time I get called at the end of someone's career, I get that 10-year phone call is what I call it. I, Katrina, I've got 10 years left. I still got kids in college. I still have a practice, but I have to maintain. I'm not even done paying off the mortgage. I need 10 more years when I'm one day. Can you help? I've already seen the chiropractor. I've already seen the massage therapist. I'm doing all the things. I have all the equipment. They're telling me I need surgery. What else can I do? 
And those that's the majority of the phone calls that I get. Is I'm already in pain and I'm terrified because I've tried the traditional thing. Mm-hmm. And and it makes sense because what do we do when we're in pain? We go to our MD who send us to our PT or our chiropractor or our our MT, our massage therapist. So the last person you're going to go to is your RDH friend, right? Mm-hmm. Because who knows? So that that's why it's essential to things like to have things like certifications. And, and I am also a certified personal trainer. Um, you know, I took my bodybuilding experience and I started helping colleagues and then they said, you have to share this with people. <laughs> so, so I got my, my certification for personal trainer and, and all that stuff. So those things give me some credibility. Um, but more often than not, it's testimony. It's people that I've helped that they've had that 10 year phone call and they're like, what am I going to do? I, I can't give up my practice yet. I still have to work. It's really scary. I had, I had an incident where I had pain all of a sudden and it, you don't realize how much you use body part until you can't use it. And especially when it's for your career and it's just in so much pain, you're just like, oh my gosh, what do I do? Yeah. And you call Katrina. <laughs> yeah. And I was so worried about my neck. Usually it's your neck that hurts or your back. And people always, patients are, oh, does it your hand hurt? I'm like, no, my hand doesn't hurt. Well, until we couldn't use never tried but but then all of a sudden my hand started hurting so I probably jinxed it but then my arm started hurting I'm like oh it does you're so focused on protecting your back that you use your arm or you you know you're giving up other body parts to protect ones you're afraid of and so to have right. a, what would you recommend having like an overall like you're a bodybuilder having your core and your overall body strengthened as well and then your positioning of how you're holding yourself so that's that's a big part of what I do because fitness is such a huge part of, of my life and I've seen the results of posture enhancement. I actually grew half an inch after the age of 35 wow. due to bodybuilding. So it's all about um, your posture and having symmetry in the body because when we work in an asymmetrical environment, which is dentistry, we lean, we turn, we conk, we twist, we do all the things. And it's uneven because we're working with one hand doing one thing, another hand doing another thing. In different functions, and we've got chicken arm, we've got all the things, right? So, um, having and establishing symmetry in the body and balance in the body is essential to getting A out of dysfunction, but B to having good posture. So, I have a workout program that I do with people. I work with people for three month sessions at a time, dental professional support. I also deal with other people too, but, but the majority of my clients are are dental professionals and we work on posture enhancement. And the whole purpose of that is so that you can get, not just work on your core, but because if you just work on one part of your body, you're gonna have an imbalance, you're gonna have asymmetry. And we know just like in the mouth with the occlusion, you need to have a balanced occlusion, you need to have equal load on equal parts, right? Mm -hmm. The body is connected in that way, it's a system and our muscles work the same way. If we have tiny muscles that are compensating or overcompensating or large muscles because they've become fatigued, tiny muscles get problems too. That's what we call the twins in the back of the shoulders between the spine and the shoulder blades. Mm-hmm. The muscles that the massage therapist literally can never get out. Right. <laughs> the big knots. <clears throat> so that's that's part that's a big part of it is just establishing, you know, good postural health, core, back, chest, shoulders, legs. You know, something a lot of people don't know is that the glutes are the largest stabilizers in the body. Who knew? Yeah. But we don't work on those in dentistry. We sit on those. 
Yes. And I see people not in dentistry, but men with lower back pain and I'm like, you should do some butt exercises to hold that back up. And I'm always thinking of that because, you know, you're using your back pretty much to hold your butt down. Maybe. Right. And that also has a lot to do with how they're sitting in a chair. Mm. Because when we sit in a chair in a, in a traditional stool, for example, we've got our legs at 90 degrees and that actually rotates your pelvis under, which pushes your lumbar spine back, flattening it. And that is painful. That's not natural. That's not how we're supposed to be sitting. Uh -huh. One reason I recommend a saddle stool because it keeps you and your legs at more of a like 135-ish degrees. You're almost standing like on a tripod if you were to imagine something. Um, and that will keep your pelvis from tipping under. And when you do that, you can maintain the natural, neutral curve of the spine. So it's, it's all connected. Mm -hmm. it's, it's using the equipment in the right way. It's positioning yourself in the right way. It's having the muscular integrity to do the job that we need to do. Because frankly, I call us dental athletes because we have an extremely laborious job. Our job is very hard. And I know patients don't recognize that. They're like, what do you mean you just fell away? And, and that's not right because we are chronically contracting so much of our body all the time. Mm -hmm. So that's why we're fatigued at the end of the day. We've expelled so much energy. Like yeah. tensing and holding ourselves. And we put our, our shoulders up as earrings, you know. <laughs> mm -hmm. I see people walking like this all the time with their shoulder forward. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, chairs. I, I find myself sitting in regular chairs like this now with my like a saddle. I was at a course last weekend and I sit like I'm in a saddle chair. I'm like, oh, that's weird. It must be because I'm used to doing that now. But you lean forward. Kind of, yeah. And I have my legs kind of down and. Oh, yeah. 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 It does help when you, like I said, it's about mindfulness. And so if you are routinely focusing or you have something that you do <clears throat> for example when we tell patients to learn to floss by associating flossing with something that we're already doing <clears throat> excuse me i have a frog yeah. um then they get used to doing it that way right so mm -hmm. if we have something that we do regularly the one thing i teach in my courses is to take a deep breath before you enter any mouth when you do that you automatically make your shoulders go down because your chest rises and your shoulders go back and down in more of a neutral posture. So if you just take a breath, a nice deep breath, and you go in, that's going to set you in more of a neutral position. But if you do it every single time, then your body gets used to that neutral position. And so it's being mindful of the way that we consistently do things with our body. You know, they're neuromuscular, or excuse me, they're, um, yeah, they're neuromuscular patterns. The same way we learn how to walk. You know, we learn how to sail in a certain way because we were mindful about the way that we constantly did it. We can repetitiously unlearn bad posture. Mm -hmm. It's possible. Yeah, that's great. I know, it's so funny. <laughs> Before I do an injection, I always kind of look up first for some reason. I probably do that. I posture right because, you know, you know, you could get stuck there. And so yeah. people probably think I'm praying. They're probably, the patients are probably nervous. I'm like looking up and taking a deep breath. <laughs> I know I I have similar things that I do when I'm polishing when I go to polish I always you know reset my body I always reset my shoulders so I take a deep breath but when I polish I contract my core the entire time even if I have to like if I if I fatigue and my muscles give out then I just recontract it the whole time so because polishing is 
for me, it's not as taxing uh, on on my my extremities. So I can kind of just do that, and it's I get to do that eight times a day. So nice, right? It's some it's a multitasking thing. I don't actually have to really think about it because I'm also giving OHI and looking and thinking about my time. Mm-hmm. And is the doctor ready for me to come in? And is my next patient? You know, you're doing all these other things, mm-hmm. but it's one thing that you can almost mindlessly do. You're just contracting. And when you're giving OHI while polishing, for example, or you're talking while polishing, because it's a great time to talk, you can breathe while contracting your abs, which is even better. So it's a good training device just to do. I mean, it takes, what, two minutes to polish? Mm-hmm. So eight times a day, two yeah. minutes each. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's so many little things that we can do. You have so many little, just little twerks, tweaks that uh-huh. make your life so much better and pain-free. You know, yeah. So it's kind of, it's kind of like habit stacking where you, cause you learn a new habit and then you stack it with something else that you're doing. And so then every time yeah. you're polishing, you do that. Before you know it, you're perfect. Yeah. I think that somebody, so I was talking about that the other day and someone said it was uh, from a book called Atomic Habits. I haven't read it yet. Oh yeah. But is that where it's from? I think, yeah, yeah, I think that might be one. I've read so many books, but that's a great book. And then habit stacking, I don't know if that's part of that or the hat, or there's another one about habits and it's it. the power of habit. I think it's so okay. good. It's life-changing. Yeah. You know, and that's, that to me, that is so relative. I have to read those books, but um, it's so relevant to the way that we can incorporate all of this stuff into our practice mm-hmm. um, because at the end of the day, you know, we, we work because we want to help people. We work because we love giving. We are healers. Uh, we put ourselves really through it, if you think about it. But we also work because we need to make money, right? Because our mortgage company really frowns on us when we don't pay them for some reason. Yeah. I don't so, so we need to make money. And, and if we are tired and fatigued and in pain, how much more or how much less productive do you think that you are when you're in that circumstance versus when you are energetic and your four o'clock patient gets the same you that you were at eight o'clock right because that's what they deserve right and we deserve that too because if we can be the same energetic person at four o'clock that we were at eight and we're not in pain and we are not fatigued and we are fully hydrated people please hydrate Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> you know like all these things we can make a a lot more money I love it we can make a lot more money because we can be more productive so it doesn't just benefit you um you know money wise it doesn't just benefit you with your your uh peace of mind and your job satisfaction it doesn't just benefit your you it benefits your patients because they get the best version of you Hydration is very important. Sometimes, before I'd notice myself getting tired, I chug a glass of water. All of a sudden, I wasn't tired. I felt great. So, oh, just like a little plant wilting in the. Right. You, need, you need water. Right. Well, as humans, we are seventy percent water. Yeah. So we we need that, and I know that with the new the new PPE and all of the things, I know that it's harder. Mm-hmm. But there is room for water in your day. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I have the OSHA regulations that, that say you can't have water in a, in a non-sterile room. You can't have water in a room or in, in any cupboard or drawer that has dental materials that you access during the day, during any dental procedure. So they say it specifically like that so that there is room for 
decision making on for the from the employer. So if your boss says that cupboard that had binders in it that you never ever get to when a patient's mm-hmm. in the room or old equipment or instruments that need to be turned over or whatever, um, and your room is sterile, meaning it's been cleaned and the next patient is not in it, it's sterile then, then you can drink out of it or you can drink out of your water bottle and you can drink out of your water bottle. Mm-hmm. It's left, you know, it's left to be vague in that way to say, look guys, don't drink water when you have gross stuff in your room. These are common sense rules. You know, a lot of what OSHA does is to protect us and to protect our patients from stupid decisions, right? Right. We're going to open a water bottle if you have gross stuff in your room. Right. right. Don't do that. And don't put it in a thing where, in a drawer that you get to every day, like if you're, you know, like, you know, people used to do gloved hands in the drawer and everything's contaminated. Okay, don't do that, right? Yes. Put that, that one cover that many of us have. Or whatever. Yeah, you should have so, your own cover. You should have your own little locker in your operatory because of that, that reason. You need, I mean, you need your own little things in there because you can't take on all your PPE every time you want to run to the back to get a drink in between patients, which who has time? So, so many and people, hygienists don't want to drink water because they don't want to have to pee. Right. They don't have time. And then undressing all that PPE as well. Well, and, yeah. And we time. say that until we start having, you know, bladder and kidney infections. Yes. Yes. And and we're really fatigued and we're grumpy. And a lot of the times we don't associate fatigue and dehydration in the same in the same um, circle, but they are very correlated. Mm-hmm. You know, just like what we saw when we came back, when we originally came back from all the lockdowns and everything, and we were putting like spacesuits on, right? Okay. And I recognize that some people are still doing spacesuits and if that's your thing, good for you, whatever. But like most of us are, are kind of back to a, a more um, relaxed place. Either we've gotten very comfortable with our spacesuits mm-hmm. or, mm-hmm. <laughs> or we are, you know, we're back to wearing our level three with a shield, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, and we're doing our live coach. So that's not too far off from where we were. Mm-hmm. And so we can take off our shield and our, and our level three with our clean hands, okay? That's one thing I love that COVID has given us. I'm just saying, we're, people are so much cleaner. Anyway, yes. <laughs> with our clean hands, get in that door, take a quick drink, put it back, and go with your next patient. You're swallowing on the way down the hall. Right. We can do that. I do not go get my next patient without a drink of water. Me either. I chug it. Yeah, I chug it at least, at least four ounces in between patients, usually, usually more, but yeah. Yeah, I just Holy get a nice big mouthful and there you go. I mean, they, they joke at me at work. I have chipmunk cheeks as I'm walking down the hall. Yeah, I'll, yeah it makes a <laughs> difference. But sure. I'm hydrated. And I'll tell you this too. This is a fun fact. Um, dehydrated bones are the ones that end up with fracturing. Disc fracture, disc fracturing. You know, we know that skeletal changes occur more easily in dehydrated bones. So we have a lot of these uh, younger people who are born with a cell phone in their hair, you know, essentially, and they're doing this forward head posture all day long, right? Since they were, you know, three years old or two years old and can hold a phone in their hand. And they have reversed necks. You know, we're supposed to have a natural curvature that goes like this. I'm, I'm exaggerating, but um, not, you know, the people in, in our age group, in our, in our 40s, a lot of us hygienists have what they call straight necks, right? So our spine gets straight because we're doing this all day. The younger people with more pliable bones who don't drink water, um, their necks are going the opposite way. It is 
terrifying because I'm seeing 25, 26, 28 year olds that need neck surgery, neck fusions. Yes, there's so many young people so, having issues in hygiene or in dentistry, and they're, that's way too young. Yeah, too young, but that's way too young. Yeah, I saw yeah. that on a news story or something where they're talking about the next. They're showing X-rays of the the young the younger people, and their next oh. doing that. They're curved and they're almost like. I've got a good one. You would love to see it. Oh my goodness, it is it is amazing. Don't turn us into computers. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I mean, it's on my slideshow actually, or my my presentation. I think it's important to see stuff like that. Yes, but um. You know, and I mean, even just working in the wrong office, one of my, my star clients, I just love her so much. You know, she looked in her in her back x-ray that goes, you know, literally from the top of her brain, you know, all the way through her back. It looked like she was hit by a mass truck. I mean, it's just messed up. That was a right-handed hand, uh, hand, right-handed hygienist working in a left-handed room for 14 years. That's all. 14 years ago, why didn't you switch it by then? Like... She loved her patients. The operatory could not be changed. The room oh, okay. literally could not be changed. Um, okay. Yeah, there was no physical way, but she loved her patients. She loved her boss. She loved her coworkers. Mm. She didn't realize how bad her back had gotten. Yeah. Her daughter one day took a picture of her standing up straight from behind, and she looked almost like the hunchback of Notre Dame, but also to the side. Crazy. Oh. But she was in debilitating pain, like like months, where she was, couldn't do anything. Yeah, because she works in a room that wasn't set up for her. So when I say operatory setup really matters, like it really matters. <laughs> yes, and so if you're designing a new office, ha especially a dental practice, have a dental professional in there to help set up. Even some of these great um, companies know what they're doing, but at the same time, you really need to have somebody, somebody like you. You should work for a company that that does setups for that reason, for ergonomics, because. Yeah. That's so important for for the doctor and who, you know. Yeah, I have done that. I do consults with doctors who are doing build outs. Okay. Um, I do consults with doctors who are remodeling. I do consults with doctors who are just saying, you know, hey, I'm having this issue. What can I do? And I video conference and I'll say, okay, you know, here's a chair that I, a patient chair that I recommend. Here's some equipment that I recommend. You know, let me look at your room. You know, we'll video and I'll look at their room and things like that. I do that. I actually do that. That is okay. yet another thing that I do. Yes. <laughs> Everything ergonomics. So I have a quick question. Can you give us um, a tip on positioning children? Do you work with a lot of children? Because the, um, I, you know how the chairs are so big, it doesn't fit anybody anyway. And so when you get a child in there, even though sometimes it's only for 20 minutes, it seems like we're really positioning ourselves awkwardly for that time. So, yes. Okay, so first of all, let me just tell you, all hail to the pedo people, okay? Mm -hmm. Your job is, I would say that a, a pedo practice is probably more difficult than surgical patients, only because your patient has, you know, fear and moves around constantly, and oftentimes, yes, the, the chair is just too big and, and all the things. So if it's specifically a pedo practice, I like those benches, you know, the flat bed, as opposed to a chair. Mm -hmm. because uh, for multiple reasons, it's less careful for them just to get up and lay, lay down flat. Mm -hmm. As long as that bench goes up and down, bench mm -hmm. does need to go up and down. Mm -hmm. um, but also because kids are much more likely to raise their chin than adults will, and they have mm -hmm. a lot more mobility to mm -hmm. do so and flexibility. So it's not like you're saying, oh, raise your chin, and they go, you know, like that, like adults do. Yeah. You say, put your chin to the ceiling, and they practically put it behind them. They you do, know? yeah. 
they kind of do what they're they're called to a degree, right? Um, so yeah, so getting those flat the flat benches that that have the hydraulic lift in them, great idea for pedo. Um, also, bring them in close, like you know. I know that the idea of getting really close to a child can be scary because of all the tools. Um, but like, just like adults, you got to get in there, get in close. Mm-hmm. And one of my, one of my favorite doctors, he uses, um, you know, the new prismatic, uh, the, the uh, ergo loops that are, that are out now and loves it. But I would also say getting a saddle stool in a keto practice is like vital, mm-hmm. vital. Because if you can't sit properly in that chair, you're really setting yourself up for a nightmare. Right. So those those would be a couple things that I that I tell people with keto. You you gotta get rid of that big chair. Now if it's a general practice, right, and you're you're dealing with the chair, well then you're dealing with the chair and you just scoot them up all the way, make their head go all the way to the top. That chair can handle a lot. Those, those kids are going nowhere. But you just say, come on, keep going, keep going. Yeah, wait, no, scooch up. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, and that's a big part of what I talk about is we have to train ourselves, but we also have to train our patients because it's not fair to them that we get frustrated with them when we don't train them properly. Mm -hmm. If we we don't tell them, keep coming, keep coming, and keep coming, no matter what direction or thing that we're trying to get them to do, it's not fair to them that we didn't give them an expectation and we didn't tell them what we needed from them. And then we're upset because we're tired at the end of the day. Like, it's not fair. They're not dental professionals. They don't know. So, of course, we all have, you know, Mr. Cranky Pants who won't do anything that you say, literally, ever. Those are the exceptions. You know, most of the patients, even though they all they all walk in and say, I can't play that. So we all, we all know better, Karen. <laughs> so, <laughs> so just just lay back. And, and I blame it on autopilot. You know, I, I say, okay. You don't want to lay back. I understand. The chair's on autopilot. We're going to bring you all the way down to where I need you, but then I'll bring you up to your comfort level. And when I do that, you know, I let them go all the way down and they'll say, oh, okay, yep, okay, we're going to bring you back up. And if you start from the bottom as opposed to starting from the top and saying, okay, I'm going to bring you back a little bit. Is that okay? Can can I bring you back a little bit more? Okay, just a little bit. And then, you know, you maybe get three adjustments if you're lucky. That's really all you have time for. And they're going to give you. So it works the same way on the opposite end. You bring them all the way down. Okay, I'm going to bring you up. Okay, is that can I? Is that okay there? Do you need more? Oh, okay, I'll bring you up a little bit more. And you're, they're really only getting these three adjustments before they're done and you're done. Yeah, so you have to trick them. I always I trick my patients on everything, and it you have to for their own good <laughs> because well, it's like in I, there. Sometimes they think that they're back where they're they're not, and if you let well in the headrest. If you have an adjustable headrest, mm-hmm. you know, there, there are people who have vertigo, for example, mm-hmm. and, um, or, or people who have neck fusions, or there are those exceptions, yes, you know, that, that fit in this bubble. So and save those, your body for those legit exceptions and don't schedule yes. them all on the same day if possible. Yes. Well, and use your indirect vision. And this is something that hygienists are terrible about. We don't like to use indirect vision. Dentists are amazing with this one, by the way, because they're in the same spot all day long and this is drilled into their head in school. So they're great about it, but they have their own set of issues. Hygienists, we are terrible with, in, with indirect vision. Something we really would benefit a lot from just mastering if we would just sit down 
it was actually a post I did during the shutdown. I was like, this is your opportunity to practice this at home. Get a shoebox, get a mirror, practice. You're, you're sitting there bored watching Netflix. Do some indirect vision practice at home. We all did those exercises in school, yeah. right? Yeah. Where you get the shoebox and you get your mirror and you, and you trace the design or whatever. So the shoebox is in front of you so you can't see. And you're just using, you know, some sort of a barrier. I don't know why we did shoeboxes, but mm-hmm. <laughs> so that way you practice. If you're sitting there at home, what else? That's are you great. Doing? So can we share that? Because oh. we'll share your links in the show notes, of course. But if we could share that post as well, where would we find that? Is that on? Is that in your your that's private group? The, or is that... That's on my Facebook page and group from 2020. So we'd have to dig a little bit to okay. find it. Um, but I'll but I'll see if we I can find you a um I can get you a link for it. Okay, but people yeah, can join your Facebook group, or is it for clients only? It's, it's all free. Okay. Yeah, my the page is free, the group is free, um, the Instagram, all of that information, and I post daily on ever. I mean, there's always something, whether it's nutritional information, stretches, ergonomic equipment, different exercises you can do, benefits of whatever, all the health things. Um, I, I post every single day. There's always something and that's free to anybody. They just really want to help people, right? Like that's what I do and I'm passionate about it. Obviously I'm a bit of nerd about it. So, you know, <laughs> the things that are, that are an expense are things that if you are, if you're not paying for it, you're not going to do it. Right. Right. So, right. Personal yeah, training. So ergo, it's called ergo fit. Ergo fit life. Life. Okay. I'm on there. I just want to make sure that the listeners yeah. can find it too. So ergo fit life on. Yeah. So, you know, I do have things like personal training and ergonomics assessments and consultations and speaking and, you know, all of those things, obviously, you know, I don't fly all over the country for free because I'm not a millionaire. I'm a hygienist. So, yes. So as far as your group, so do you have on, where's the best place to find your, your business and how to hire you to come into practices or for one-on-one of coaching or training? So most people access me either through Instagram or, or Facebook on ErgoFitLife. Um, Instagram is um, ErgoFitLife underscore Katrina. But most people message me, subscribe, message me, or um, you know, I've got my email is ErgoFitLife at gmail.com. You can try that too. Um, I get everything. So, um, you know, go on my website, ErgoFitLife.com, shockingly. Yeah, it's pretty easy <laughs> to find you. <laughs> yeah, no excuses, I mean, you, people. Yeah, so you can you can find me. Uh, I'm always here, and I love to help people. I mean, I'm answering questions all the time. Mm-hmm. I saw this product. What do you think about it? I do product reviews. Even you know, there's there's a ton of products that I've been asked. You know, hey, you know, do you want to collaborate with us? And I won't I won't recommend a product that I don't believe in. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Whether they're sponsoring me or not, mm-hmm. and most I'm not being sponsored with. I'm just I just like the product, and I want to put those products out. For all of us, whether they're expensive things like microscopes or inexpensive things like the cordies, you mm-hmm. know. So there's a lot on there, and um, I'm always here to field questions and and help in any way I can, and all the things. <laughs> okay, great. Well, thank you for joining us today, Katrina Klein, Ergo Fit Life. We thank appreciate it so much, me. and for giving so much of yourself to help others. And um, you shall receive in return, right? always yeah thank you i appreciate you so much yes thank you have a great day thank you for listening to this episode of the dental elements podcast be sure to share like and subscribe